0: Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. Hallelujah. Let's go to the book of 2 Kings. You don't mind staying right there with me this morning. We'll get a little help. You helped you help me out a lot. <laughs> I need all the help I can get. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 13, we did, um, had the privilege of, uh, we buried my wife's grandmother this week. She's 92 years of age, Um, just a strong, strong woman. Then we had the privilege yesterday, I think it was Wednesday, my days is running on top of days. (laughs) I don't feel like I had a day off in four weeks, but... um, I told Miss Donna that I said I hadn't had a day off in four weeks, and I said they called and told me I got to work in the morning, so I'm here working. Amen. But anyhow, Miss um, Lillian Bennett went home to be with the Lord this week, and we had the privilege of honoring her yesterday and and uh, and um, preaching her funeral. And so, obviously, when you got Miss Lillian, eighty-two years old. Nanny Catherine's nanny, Miss Blanche, ninety-two years old. It's just got me with a thought this morning that I can't shake. I, w- I was going to go a different way, but I just can't not shake this thought. So I want to preach from this this morning. First Kings, Second Kings, Chapter Thirteen. You there? If you ain't found it by now, just trust that I'm reading you the Word of God. It says then, Elisha died. And they buried him, and the raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of the year. So it was as they were. So it was as they were burying a man. Boy, I'm tore up this morning. Father, help me deliver this thought, God. I might not be preaching your conviction this morning, but I'm preaching my conviction. That's what I live my life by. So it was as they was burying a man. And suddenly they spied a band of raiders. And as they put the man in the tomb of Elisha, and when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he was revived and stood on his feet. Now go right over just a couple of chapters. In 2 Kings chapter 20. This is the story of Hezekiah. You remember when he brought him in and showed all of his house, all the treasure that was in his house were jumping right in this. Then the word of the Lord's coming through the prophet Isaiah. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and what your fathers have accum- accumulated unto this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And they shall take away some of your sons and, will des- and, and, and who, who will descend from you whom you will begot, beget And they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. So Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord which you have spoken to is good. For he said, Will there not be peace and truth at least in my days? I want to preach from the subject this morning of touching the bones. See, I read to you two contrasts here one that carried something on the other side that allowed another generation to touch. And one that was said, at least in my days, I'm going to live for myself. I'm not worried about what's following me. I'm not worried about a generation that's coming behind me. See, one day, listen, you and I all have a funeral to attend, friend. The Bible says in Hebrews, it's appointed unto man to die and then to judgment. You and I just on borrow time. James says it like this, life is but a vapor. I remember the night traveling home after I lost my dad when he was 52. It seemed like when I was a young man, When I'm still a young man, I'm 38, but when I was a teenager and a kid, it seemed like 52 was a long period of time. But that night driving home, 52 years, looked like just a small smidget of a sixteenth of an inch on the ruler. So we got this span that James calls a vapor of time. And you and I are doing something with it every day, friend. Are you with me? Here's the deal, the wealthy, the poor, we're all given 24 hours a day. What makes the wealthy wealthy and what makes the poor poor is the wealthy do something different when the 24 hours is handed to them. Come on now. And so as I sat there and I got three boys. One that's almost as big as me is 13. Not round wise, but height wise. Somebody say thank God. <laughs> Seems like when we find the bride, we grow outwardly. <laughs> and I live with the conviction that when I'm, when I'm gone, when I leave the earth, I want to leave them something, friend, far beyond money, far beyond land, something that they can reach up, something that they can touch, something that I plowed into in the realm of eternal. Come on, somebody. The the gospel said it like this. Why do you lay up for yourself treasures where moth and everything else in rust will devour? I'm talking about something eternal, friend, this morning. We got to start having an eternal mindset, if you will. Come on now. And so when we look at this deal with with Elijah as the man goes in and he's laid upon the bones, one sad thing is that Elijah had a protege, Elisha, to transfer the anointing. Elisha didn't have nowhere to transfer the anointing so he took it with him in the grave. That tells us that we serve an eternal God. Come on, somebody. And what's eternal never dies. And so... When we start thinking about this, I thought about that Jacob had Isaac and he had Abraham. He had a family heritage that he could draw from. Will you sit in here and say, well, Pastor John, I don't come from a rich family heritage as far as all my people wasn't Pentecostal, all my people wasn't Baptist. Listen, all of my people wasn't either, but somebody has got to start it somewhere in your line, friend. It don't matter which side of the track you come from. It's not how you start. Come on, somebody. It's the vision you have of how you're going to end up. I come from alcoholics on both sides of the family, but I stood up in my generation and I said, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. There's no more alcoholics coming from my lineage, friend. I broke that curse off of my family. and said, as for me and my house, we'll raise up people that seek God, that honor God, that love God with their whole heart. You don't have to accept that as your family heritage. You can start today, and it starts by simply believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, inviting Him into your life. And the Bible says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Can I get an amen in this house? Joshua had Moses. Moses lived a lifestyle of prayer. And the Scripture says that God would meet with Moses in the tent of meeting. And it says that the cloud of His presence would come into that tent of meeting. And the Scripture says that all of Israel would stand in attention. Let me tell you something, friends. Our children know if we're living it or not. They either got a prayer life or you don't, friend. you either living it or you're not. Boy, I feel God this morning. Timothy had Timothy and Titus had the Apostle Paul. Elijah had Elijah. I thought about this as I sat in, as I've been thinking and meditating, Leonard Ravenhill on his tombstone. I believe he's buried in Garden Valley, Texas. He's got on his tombstone. Are the things you're living for worth Christ dying for? Christ didn't die for the American dream. He didn't die for the American dream. He died so that you could have life and life more abundantly. He died so that our families could be changed. Come on now. Look at at this in 2 Timothy. Look at this in 2 Timothy. Go with me here. Oh, Holy Ghost. This is just really a challenge to us as parents. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 3 says, I thank God in whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day greatly desiring to see you and being mindful of your tears. This is Paul instructing his young son Timothy that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, listen, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. I am persuaded it is also in you. I'm telling you my children have no choice but to run after God. Are you with me friend? They can't, I don't care where they go. They can shake it in the worst of clubs and they're going to run into my faith and run into my prayers. I refuse to fall asleep at the wheel and say what will happen will happen. No friend. I will be found on Shigunath praying and said God touch my children God come to my family change my family's life oh my God I feel the Holy Ghost in this church friend don't you buy into the lie oh your kids has just got to sow wild oats No, no 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 they can serve God with all their heart from the time they're little to the time they leave the earth my God I feel like preaching in this house this morning I believe in the power of prayer Paul told Timothy, it's got to be in your life. It was in your grandmother's life. And it transferred from your grandmother to your mother. I am persuaded also that it is in you. See, you and I are in a culture war, I'm telling you there's a culture that wants our children. I said, there's a devil that's thirsty for our kids. You can't fall asleep at the wheel, Dad. And Mom, you can't fall asleep. You can't let them just do whatever. I'm going to sound like old Grant said, Well, I go to my room. You don't own a room, son. I own it from the highway. That's really not true. The county owns the ditch line. And the bank owns the rest. But they got it entrusted under me. I know this (laughs) hey regardless of what tries to pull I know they can't outrun my prayer life friend That's why the Bible says train a child in the way that they should go. Even if they depart, there's something pulling them back. There was something pulling the prodigal son back when he spent all of his daddy's money in lewd living. And when he was dwelling with the hogs, he said, Hey, hey, this ain't as much fun as what I thought it was. There's something stronger back home. I done know. I done been there. Bought the t-shirt. I've been on the other side of the fence. Listen, alcohol won't fill you. Drugs won't fill you. Sex won't fill you come on somebody he is the only thing he said drink of me and you will never thirst again let's go to Hebrews Lord somebody said my God he's hollering I am passionate friend I make no apologies about it Hebrews chapter 11 is God's hall of faith It's Rahab the harlot. It's Abraham. It's the patriarchs. It's Moses. It's God's Hall of Faith. And it said that these died in the faith, not yet having received the promise. In other words, they're waiting on the fulfillment of that promise, if you will. These are the bones that are in the grandstand of heaven saying, Come on, church. They're still watching the game. Come on, friend. They're still watching the game. It's still in the fourth quarter. Come on, somebody. There's about to be a promise that is harvested. And it's not just the promise of souls. It is the the harvest of everything spoken out of the mouth of God. In the word of God. And out of every anointed man and woman of God that has uttered every prophetic word from heaven. So he's talking about this great grandstand. And he's talking about all of these bones that we could touch. Your Bible is full of stories of nothing but bones that we can touch. Come on somebody. Listen, history has tried to tear it down. Come on. It's still the number one best-selling book of all times. Come on, somebody. Its author has never failed. Come on now. It is timeless. It is ageless. It's alive. Come on, somebody. Hebrews 4.12 says about that book that it is alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so we can reach back and touch it. Now he goes on in the writer of Hebrews. Let's look at this. He says, you and I can pass about with such a great cloud. Such a great cloud. The apostle Paul said, come on, Jesse. Come on. Run the race, son. Run the race. All in our family that believe God has gone on before us, saying, come on, run the race. I said yesterday in Miss Lillian's funeral to Her family and the friends that were there. I said, We didn't lose her because to lose something means it's lost. We don't know where it's at. She simply stepped out of this realm into another realm. I never lost my dad. I know where he's at. Come on, somebody. These grandstanders, these bones that we can reach back and touch. Now the author and the writer of Hebrews goes on to say: Since we have all of this, he said, Let us lay aside the weight. Come on now, he's encouraging us in the race. Let us lay aside the weight in every sin. Look at this. That entangles us. Let me tell you this, Damon Thompson said it like this, you know how entangled you are when you're more concerned about what you drive and what you live in. Friend, all of that's going to fade away. God, help me right here this morning. All of that's going to fade away, friend. Are you with me? All of that's going to burn up. What really matters is what are you going to leave eternal? What kind of eternal inheritance are you leaving today for a generation coming behind you? So well, Pastor John, I, I just love, you know, the grace that we can sit down and rest. I believe in resting. I believe in grace. But I believe the grace of God is the empowerment unto righteousness. Look at this in Hebrews chapter 11. This is said about Moses. He says, By faith Moses when he was born was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command by faith Moses when he became of age refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer the affliction look at this with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin that's the word to you and I this morning I'm not talking about enjoying life because I believe in enjoying life come on somebody But Moses said, I would rather suffer affliction. Now I want to say it like this. This is what I told Catherine. Mark me as a holiness. Come on, somebody. Or a Jesus freak or some low legalistic. But I refuse to enjoy the pleasures of this life knowing that there is a life to come. Come on, somebody. I'm looking to leave something behind. Let it be said of me when Grant preaches my funeral that daddy didn't lower the standard in our house, that daddy had a prayer life, that daddy walked with God. He loved God with all of his heart. I hope that's what you want, friend. He said, well, let me tell you this. Our children know if we're real or not. They know if we're real or not. I had a friend. If I called this man of God's name, you would know his name because he's preached in this area before. He's in the denominational church. Now, my friend was not living right by the weakest standards, okay? I want you to understand my heart this morning. You can take anything I preach and take me out of context. So don't judge my life over one sermon. If you're visiting today. But you take the silver-haired Pentecostals that wouldn't allow a TV into their house. I understand a lot of that is legalism. But I also understand the heart behind it. I don't want nothing to come in the way of me and him. You know in the African American church the man don't wear a hat in the and I could be wrong I heard Bishop Jakes preach this one time so if I'm wrong I got it from him okay but he said the man don't wear his head covered to show that there ain't nothing between me and him but the woman wears the hat showing she's covered by the man and so I, I remember Heidi Baker saying that when she first come to the Lord that she joined this little holiness movement she had to wear a skirt and no makeup. But she wrote in her book, More Than Enough, she said, but she is so thankful for the time that she had in that movement because they told her how to pay a price for the king and his kingdom. Come on now. He gave it all, church. Did you hear what I said? He gave it all and we struggle with giving him just a Sunday morning service. We're not living with eternity in mind. You and I live thinking that we got it all. We got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. You remember when the when the when Paul was in prison and who was it? Uh, uh, King Agrippa maybe one of, he said I'll call on you when it's a convenient time there's never going to be a convenient time to call on the lord you got to make your mind up today the bible says today is the day of salvation you got to make your mind up today I'm going to call on it Grant's becoming older. I tell him this when he leaves my house. I said, Son, I fully trust you because you've never done, you, you, you've done nothing to show me not to trust you. But whatever house he goes to, I said, I don't care what their standard is. You're not there to keep their standard. You're to keep my standard. Oh, Lord. You keep our standard. I'm not talking about some legalistic something. But friend, when I found the Lord... He so changed my life. And from 1998 until the present moment, I'm still intrigued. I'm still captivated by Him. I never get tired of pursuing Him. I never get tired of feeling Him wrap His arms around me. And we're living in a day where the church says we can do that or we can do that. Maybe you can, but I'm saying that's for me and my house. I can't do it. Don't judge me today by my message. I'm preaching my conviction. But Paul had this heart. He said, Let no man judge you in a in a feast, let no man judge you in a new moon or feast. But Paul also had the heart. He said, "If, if even meat, if me sitting down and eating meat on my plate would cause my brother to be offended, God forbid I touch any meat." Are you with me? I've heard it said like this: that every day preach the gospel, use words if necessary. See, as any preacher junior will tell you this, or any, it, it, listen. As as preaching a funeral, you've already preached your funeral. All I'm there to do is to say the final things to the family. I can't preach you into heaven and I cannot preach you into hell. There's only one judge. That's God the Father. Come on, somebody. All I'm there is to speak words to the comfort. But you and I have already preached our funeral. We're preaching it every day. And Paul said it like this. We are written epistles read of all men. What are your co-workers reading on the walls of your life? Oh, my God. This ain't popular preaching. This a thing in your church right on down to nothing. What does it matter if we got a church full? Come on, somebody. Did you hear what I said? What does it matter if we got a house full and we can't break the back of cancer? We can't get anybody free. Come on. Last Thursday, I went into a room with a demon-possessed child where the Spirit would pick that child up and throw him across the room. Now, if I'd have showed the video of that to ten preachers, we might would have had two that would have walked in the room. The struggle is real, friend. You and I are in a real war. Y'all right? Can I give you just a little more? Moses said, I would rather suffer. Call me a holy roller. Call me a sister Catherine legalistic. Whatever you want to call us. But I'm telling you, I'm not living because of somebody told me I got to. I'm living because I want to. Come on, somebody. Because I want him. Hold on, I got, I gotta dress something right. Here. I know this. Let me say this. There's not a person in this room that can apprehend the Holy Spirit. If you are trying to apprehend the Holy Spirit, you are up under legalism and law. He cannot be apprehended by no one in this room. My job is not to apprehend to him. My job is to lay down and yield to him. Man cannot apprehend him, but he will apprehend man. So what I'm preaching about is just living yielded. Maybe I need prayer. But on Saturday night, I don't, I don't hang out late on Saturday nights. I'm very cautious on Saturday night. Not because I believe God's going to get on to me for, not, for going out having fun, but I said, God, I won't be ready. I won't be available on Sunday morning. See, when I was 18 years old, we closed out a service. One of the greatest preachers around here, I can tell you who was preaching the service that night. It was Dale Young and he was preaching in Alma, Georgia. We were standing in the vestibule closing out the service, and a guy or co-worker that worked with me stuck his hand out and shook this man's hand. He said, How are you doing? He looked back at him and said, I'll tell you how I'm doing. I'm fixing to go home. And he said, he said the full word. He said, I'm gonna blow my G brains out. And I never forgot that, Sister Katie. You never know when someone's popping in this building. And this is a last opportunity, friend. Are you with me now? I'm talking about living with eternity in mind. We never know when this is a last opportunity. Somebody's giving God one more shot. And I can't afford to come in here half cocked, unprayed up. Come on, somebody. Half lukewarm living. In the, in the middle 80s, Kansas City, Missouri, Bob Jones stood up. Bob Jones stood up and he interrupted the service and he said, Macaroni and cheese, macaroni and tree, cheese, thus saith God, macaroni and cheese. And the prophets in that building was just said, Oh my God, I mean, we know prophets is weird anyhow, but this man has blown it. He's, this is crazy. I mean, he's, he's blown it. And there was a man cried out and he said that I was going to take my life. And I said, God, if you're real, If you're real, he said, I need you to show yourself to me. If you're real, you make somebody in this congregation stand up and say, Macaroni and cheese, Macaroni and cheese. I would rather look like a fool for Christ. Come on, somebody, than be one of the biggest celebrities the nation has ever seen. I've already quoted this, but James 4 13 through 14. Life is but a vapor. Listen to me, you're preaching your funeral every day. Young person, I'll talk to you this morning. The things that the enemy will try to get you involved with as a teenager, listen to me. I'm talking to you from experience this morning. The things that he'll get you into, just think you, put a wedding ring on your finger, stop it. I'm telling you, it's an absolute lie. Listen, he tries to attack us when we're young. Would we all agree with that? The things you say, well, I'll just dabble in today. I'll just dabble in it today. He never shows you the full-blown addiction that you can't stop on your own. He'll say, just go out and drink a beer with your buddies. ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to get on alcohol. Don't worry about it. I'm just saying that's for me I've never seen one positive thing ever come from it I've never seen one positive thing I used to say that all the thing. I, I used to always say I've never seen one good thing come from alcohol but I worked with a guy at work and he said, pray, he said preacher he said I bet he said you're wrong on that he said my two twins came from alcohol <laughs> don't take me I'm not being legalistic don't take me where I'm not going okay Alcohol's not the problem. The heart's the problem. You can't point your finger at alcohol. Thank you, man. I shouldn't be war jacket. Praise God. Jesse Duplannett said one time, he wish he could sweat like T.D. Jakes. I can sweat like him. I just want to look like a preacher, I guess. You can't point your finger at alcohol when you backbite and talk about folk. You can't point your finger at alcohol or any other thing that you dislike that's not socially accepted when you can't lay a fork down. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching. Don't point your finger at homosexuality that you dislike it when you'll sit there and look at pornography with the other version. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching. Good. I just don't believe, and then maybe you got to pray for me. Maybe I'll get there. But Jesus and God the Father, through His Son Jesus Christ, didn't bankrupt heaven. To see how far a church can live like the world. even throughout the Old Testament, the whole reason why he told them to slay those other nations, to drive out the Gibeonites and the Jebusites, I don't want no mixed culture in my house. He wasn't talking about black and white. He said, I don't want their gods and their mentality and mixed up in my church. Heidi Baker, when they had her cornered up, she was in a five-star resort and they had a corner up with the with the TV cameras in her face. They said, How do you? I know you got a struggle. What's, what's the struggle in this five-star luxury resort and you living in the dirt in Motion Beacon? And she said, I only struggle when I'm here in your nation. She said, I only struggle when I'm here in this resort. See, I don't struggle back home on the dirt. We're looking to be comfortable. Let me say this. I'm going to get off my soapbox in a minute. And we're going to go to Sisters and we'll go where else and live. And we'll enjoy our time this afternoon. I'm not preaching legalism, friend. I'm just trying to preach fashion and conviction to you this morning that we got children. If we don't contend for them, who the heck is going to contend for them? I'm telling you, there's a devil fighting for them. And you got to get up out of your sleep and you got to fight back. I'm not throwing a stone at anybody. Any teenager that falls, I don't care if you fall a hundred times, I fell a thousand times, but here's the promise: just get back up. He's faithful to clean you up, dust you off, and get you right back on the track. But we gotta start thinking with this vapor. This vapor, what are you gonna do with this vapor? What are you gonna do with this vapor? What are you going to do with this little bit of time? Proverbs 13, 22 says, A righteous man leaves an inheritance to his children. That's not just talking about money. You know why I know it's not just talking about money? Because I've been in the room with some mega wealthy people that their loved one was dying of cancer and every bit of the money they had couldn't do a thing in the world to stop that situation. The Bible says this, what 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 matters if a man gains the whole world? You gain multi-millions, you leave your children's children's children plenty of finances, but you lose your own soul. I can tell you this: you left the earth as a loser, you forgot to get the greatest thing that the world has ever seen, and that is the gift of salvation. I'm almost done. If you're visiting today, somebody will go to, my God, don't go up there. That man right there is hollering left and right. Come back next week, Wednesday night, I'll be preaching sweet. I am preaching sweet today because I love us. I'm just preaching you whilst digesting in my own heart. when Grant was nine years old. He won an award in our county. He was on the Braves field and walked down in the dugout and he's eye to eye with Chipper Jones. And I got so wrapped up and I said, you know, God has given me a phenom I got the next Shipper Jones and I spent money after money hundreds thousands the next back come out it didn't matter if it was $700 I bought it to help him get to the next place if we went somewhere in another county and this man was a great infielder or whatever it didn't matter what he said you just worked with my son like so many parents we get caught up and for two years I was missing the main thing what does it matter if he's on TV every night hitting home runs and he left the main thing the main thing is Jesus friend this really is not it Paul said if we hope in this life we are the most miserable if this is it there is a life to come. There's two places, okay? You don't go spend it off over yonder in the by yonder somewhere. There's two places that the scripture says there's either heaven and there's hell. Now, the mistake we've made in the in, in down here in the south is we believe good people go to hell. I mean good people go to heaven and bad people go to hell. That is very much incorrect. Those that have a personal relationship go with go to heaven with Jesus personal relationship with Jesus go to heaven and the rest go to hell come on that's a simple gospel right now if you go to hell hell was never built for no one person in this room it was never built for one human it was built for the devil and the third of the angels that fell with him Isaiah 14 Ezekiel 36 come on so if you go to hell, you walk over everything that God made provision so that you wouldn't have to go there. Now that his Grant's playing the guitar, and got his eyes on set being the next Emmett if he don't touch the baseball, now I want to see him in a high school uniform. And I want his granddaddy to see him in a high school uniform before he leaves the earth. And he will, okay? Maybe we'll see him in a college uniform. But the main thing is, son, pour your heart out to God. Never look back. If you'll always honor God with the first fruit, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And everything else will be added unto your life. I'm almost done Luke chapter 11 verse 24 you know we cut up with saying Doc had holiness of hell I don't know what that means to some people but I can tell you what I believe it meant to him either you real or you ain't don't be no fake don't be no Christianese that can speak it but you ain't got no oil on your life You can say all the right things and not have an ounce of anointing. Anointing comes from relationship. Gifting flows because that's what God gave you, right? And Romans 11, 29 says, the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. He's not an Indian giver. He don't remove nothing off your life. If He gifted you to be a singer, you can sing in the club. Come on, somebody. With a cigarette hanging out one side and a drink of liquor another. Now He said, you're going to have no anointing. don't beat me up, I'm not preaching legalistic but what I'm telling you is anointing flows through relationship, ebbs and flows how many knows how a pickle gets marinated this is a picture of the anointing how does a pickle you drop cu- a cucumber in the vinegar and all the all the deal and all of that and what happens as it sets in there it absorbs it absorbs the particles, are you with me? Until the cucumber becomes marinated and becomes a pickle. This is the same thing of your life in the presence of God. As you entertain the presence, come on, your, your body begins to soak up. I can't get no help in here. How many's ever read Practice in the Presence by Brother Lawrence? People would travel all over to watch him peel potatoes. And it said he would literally glow. What happened? He learned how to entertain the presence of God. What's the top priority of your home? Is it the presence of God? Come on. I can tell I'm making some of us mad. Luke chapter 24. Look at this. Luke 11 verse 24. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finding none, he says, I'll return to my house in which I came. When he comes, he finds it swept swept clean. And put in order. Then he goes and takes in seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And if they enter and dwell there, and the last state of the man is worse than the first. Now I understand that Jesus is talking about an individual here. He's talking about when an unclean spirit comes out of a man. I understand that. But I can tell you a house can be a church, it can be a family. It can be a school and it can be a nation. And what it's saying is once it's swept unclean and you kick back in the lazy boy, you better watch out. Is it okay to preach the Bible in here? 1 Peter five eighteen says, Be sober, be vigilant, for your enemy roams around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Like Damon put it, I think that's what the book said, right? Right? Our enemy roams around as a roaring lion Seeking whom he may devour Come on somebody It says be sober, be vigilant It doesn't say be half asleep Another parable goes on to say this It says in Matthew 13 It said that a man went out and sown his field It said but while men slept What's happened to our nation? We've been asleep at the wheel Church, oh they won't one woman ever take prayer out of school That'll never happen One woman took prayer out of school Oh, we won't never, we won't never have to teach homosexuality in the public schools. Look where we stand. We won't ever see people take a knee at no professional football game because they don't want to salute the flag. There's a scripture in the book of Kings where a king was taken captive. And it gives no description about the king. How big he was does nothing. But what it does is it describes how big his bed is. And he shows you right there how your family gets taken captive. It starts as a dad. Let me tell you how it starts as a dad. Just falling asleep at the wheel. Well, we just going to live the American dream. I'm going to work 70 hours a week. I'm going to be a good provider for my household. Ain't that what I'm called to be as a good provider? It doesn't matter how much money you can provide. listen the kids may not never they they won't never remember the games you're at but they will remember the ones you were not at tell you how it starts well we ain't got to go to church today it's raining outside Christian raise your hand Emmett raise your hand they still ain't got power at their house they're in the house of God where's the rest of our people at they're watching Bonanza this morning come on I'm not getting on to us but I'm being a dad come on my children have never heard us say I don't know if we're going to go to the house of God in the morning we make the house of God a priority not because it's some religious exercise to us come on somebody but I love being in the presence of God with his people before I ever was a pastor I was found in the presence of God on the front row of the church you make whatever, listen whatever you're making the top priority of your life, that's your God your idol is anything you got to check with before you say yes to God well, I'm going to probably have to go pastor in Douglas that's where the holiness folks is at they'd be running around the room Wouldn't if I was at the holiness camp back campground in, in, in Douglas right there I'm from State Park. People be running around the room. You'd be running over in there by now. I'm just sorry. I'm not lowering the standard. I've had the same standard since February 2nd of 1998. It ain't going lower with me. This is what I believe. There's some safety in the old things, y'all. I tell Grant this. I said, listen, I don't care what you do I said I can tell you this this is what I told him I said anytime you try to be cool it always gets you burned cool always gets you burned well glad we took up the offering first I'm done got three more messages up here we'll have to wait another day I was standing in line Sims Funeral Home Douglas, Georgia One of my best friends lost his dad His dad a preacher of the gospel I'd never seen my friend's dad Short sleeve shirt Never seen him in a pair of shorts Somebody said, Thank God he ain't going that far today. When he was little, he, he had to, he literally, he swam in Levi's. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You get you a pair of Levi's wet down at Fernandina, you got you something to work with. Be swimming right by the lifeguard. One good wave, all that weight on them jeans, you're going down. He went with us one time to Panama City Beach, he was out there with no shirt on. He's pale, a little pale-skinned anyhow. About four hours later, we got back to the room. He looked like a lobster. Had to be inside for two days. He was just glad to be without his shirt. His daddy wasn't nowhere near. But his dad, I never heard his dad say, you gotta wear long sleeves. I never heard his dad tell the woman, you gotta wear a skirt. Don't cut your hair. That's just the way they lived. I'd never went to his house and never seen his TV on, except for except for when the Braves was playing. His dad was either in the living room with the Word of God open, or he was in the backyard underneath the oak tree with the Word of God open. But that man could take his two hands and he would clap his hands together, and he would say Jesus, and the power of God would manifest instantly. That comes from relationship. What's on my life I didn't get out of a book? I got out of hunger in pursuing Him. The anointing's not on me just because I stand here and preach the gospel. If I go to Walmart and preach the gospel this evening, it'll be there. And at his funeral, how many members? I think he pastored, actually, pastored here. Now, I'll finish this up. I'm ADD, so I've got to wrap three things up, sew this quilt. And we're done. The guy that I told you I wouldn't tell his name, I'm going to tell his name because he's also in this store. How many members? Tracy Swanson, who used to be at the Adel Church of God. If you know him, raise your hand. A friend of mine dating his daughter. She took him in to Tracy's prayer room. And she said, I want you to go in there and sit down. And he said, he said that Tracy's handprints were in the wall. He said there was places that looked like that. The carpet had been pulled up from Tracy on his knees, friend." And she said, my dad is a man of God. Don't ever get sideways because he's going to know it before you do. How you think our kids would leave our house if they really believed daddy was a man of God? Let me give you two, two examples. Lot said to get out of Sodom and Gomorrah and his children didn't listen. Noah whose kids had never seen rain on the earth watched their daddy build an ark. Come on. I got to believe there's something having to do with relationship and devotion. Oh, we've cheapened it down now to nearly nothing. We know nothing about devotion. but Noah every day with people walking by mocking him spitting on him the whole nine yards you lunatic need to be put in a saint asylum yet he would build and one day God got done building friend this is a picture of the rapture of the church I hope you understand this I'm building an ark this morning are you with me and the doors open and God saying get on board Billy is he not saying that to the world get on board But one day the door's gonna be shut and the flood's gonna come. Maybe his sons didn't believe him at first. Then all of a sudden, all of creation started responding, heading to the ark. Giraffes were walking side by side. Cats were walking side by sides. All the animals walking side by side and started getting on the ark. Back to Sim's funeral home. Kevin's daddy. Brother Robert. We left la- the line because Robert had preached thousands of sermons. Lord, I remember watching him preach a funeral one time at Nichols Church of God, and I thought he was gonna knock the casket. I was praying to God he didn't knock the casket over. The man fall out of the casket. I mean he preaching, he had hold the casket. I mean he's shaking under the power of God. I mean, yeah, I mean it was just on. and I remember standing there beside Kevin and there come Tracy those of you who know Tracy I mean he's got that big old jaw just a big old man and I watched Tracy as he got about from here to Amanda he was already twitching I said oh my God he's going to knock Brother Robert clean out his casket and he pointed his hands at Kevin and Keith his brother and he said your daddy left you something son your daddy has left you something it's called a mantle." What are you going to leave behind? I'm talking to you this morning. what are you going to leave your kids? What are you leaving? You working for it every day. What are you going to leave? Will they be able to touch a bone in your life to sustain them, to take them through? Oh, well, they say, well, you know, Daddy compromised so much. Hey, it was good for him. I mean, we can even compromise a little more because every generation is going to lower the standard. Whatever you allow at your house, they will allow that much more at their house. Man, this ain't popular preaching, but this is what I felt like God. I'm going to leave and I'm going to know that I have delivered what I felt like was on my heart this morning. I have fun with my boys. Don't t- just. Again, I'm apologizing for what I'm saying. But anyhow, he said he left you something. And Tracy shaking on the power, God laid hands, and I'm telling you, I don't know if it, I'm telling you, we're full blown tongues. It don't matter. People believe it or not. Right there in the funeral home, and he left them something. Brother Robert wasn't concerned about owning a condo on the beachfront somewhere. Come on, I thank God for that, but maybe maybe that's not in my lane. I know what's in my lane. My lane is to lay my life down, to leave something behind for somebody else to come upon. Come on somebody. I'm called as a pioneer and if I got to stand out there in the wood line by myself, come on somebody. And i proved it with God that I'll walk away and I'll stand on my own with the machete in my hand. And can I tell you this? He has always been faithful to John Bagley. Me and Cat cannot say one time that he's ever failed us. He's always come through. He's 100% good. He's never let me down, come on and what I have proved to my children is is we'll lay on our face and we'll worship in the good times we worship when we didn't have nothing and we worship when we did have nothing, God never changes friend, when I'm on the mountain he's still God, when I'm in the valley he's still God and worthy of the praise Chris Valatin, I'm done right here. Stand up with me. Chris Valatin, several years ago, had a vision. And in the vision, he saw this family in this great big mansion. Humongous fireplace. I was privileged the Lord allowed me to go see the Bass Pro, the Pyramid in Memphis, Tennessee. If you'd never go there, it's an amazing place. Asher asked me all the time, Dad, when we're going back there, I said, well, when the man that took us there gets the finances, take us back. No. (laughs) But I'll never forget standing in front of a massive fireplace What I think there was a full-grown elk or moose on it. I mean, it was just unbelievable. It's an amazing thing to go see if you've never seen it. Maybe I'm just country redneck. I may get excited about a Bass Pro Shop, but we do. He had this vision. He saw this family gathered in this massive room, this massive mansion. Massive mantle. Everyone was laughing and just great family time. There was this huge, huge feast on the table. And then he noticed as three of the men pointed to a portrait, and there was this huge all painting of Chris and Kathy on the mantle and the older man in the vision told the younger and the littlest one that was there said all of this is all of this started with your great 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 grandfather and grandmother Church, I want to leave you with that thought today. What could we start? It would not be a compliment to me if my son stood at my funeral and said, that he could preach good. What would be the greatest compliment? Is to hear him say... My daddy had a real relationship behind closed doors in our house. I could hear him praying in tongues. I heard my mama worship. When he gets my notes, and I got tons of them, daddy knows those comes out of deep moments with God. I never get to preach on the big stage in front of the camera. But somebody in my, lineage is, in, in my line does. It's worth it all to me. Now what you gonna live for? Are you gonna live for your, your family to have something to touch? Or are you gonna say, well at least it's gonna be good in my time. At least we're going to get to spend it all mama we're going to live the life on this side we got to start seeing what's coming behind us the main problem we've had in the apostolic is we have failed to see what was coming behind us the main problem we had is we put it all about the one sitting on the top and we left all that was on the bottom unattended but i'm telling you the right way before heaven is don't put it all on the one at the top but put it all on the one at the bottom because that's where the all is flowing to the most Father, I thank you today. We love you with our whole heart. Friend, listen, if you're in this place and you're not right with God, you got to make a decision today to get your life right with God. I've quoted you the Bible. You don't call on, listen, Agrippa said, I'll call when it's a convenient time. I'm going to change my life when it's a convenient time. Listen, none of us are promised tomorrow. Am I right in this room? today's the day you heard the gospel preached this morning you cry out to him right now say God I'm asking you to come into my life I'm asking you right now help me change things in my house my house is out of order my life is out of order my life is a disaster but I need you today friend if you'll do that he'll come he'll come the Bible says call upon him and he will answer you in Jeremiah 33 now dad we gotta get a vision There's a country song. Remember, it says, it goes like this. It says, Dad, I've been watching you. Hey, ain't that cool? I'm your buckaroo. I want to be like you. Eat all my food. Grow as tall as you are. What is he watching you do? What is he watching you do? How is he seeing you treat mama behind closed doors? Don't break me break it down real. Well, I just feel like the Lord ain't answering my prayers. That's cause how you're treating your wife. Read the book of Peter. Lord, it gets quiet when we preach the gospel, don't we? Quote the Bible. Just all you gotta do is quote the Bible, make most folk mad. I say that because I ain't been perfect i never forget one day, I had one afternoon to fish, just one afternoon. We unloaded the boat, we're in Reed Bingham, get all my rods out of the rod locker. On my first cast, Asher has his rod stuck right behind me and I don't see him in my bird nest of bait caster with brain. I put my pole back up, crunk the boat up, and drove it back to the dock. I wanted to, I wanted to take him out and throw him to the other side of the lake. See, so I say that and I ain't been perfect. But every time I make a mistake, I always tell them that's not the way your Father acts in heaven. If you want to know how full of the Holy Ghost you are, don't go look and see how many people you're raising from the dead. Flip to Galatians chapter 5 and see how much fruit of the Spirit you got hanging in your life. Are you long suffering? Do you love? Raise your hands. I want to bless you today. How many felt the presence of God in this house today? How many feel the call of God saying, we got to get up and get a hold of the wheel? How many feel the call of God right now? How many feel the seriousness of the Lord in this room? Your family can change. Don't believe the lie of the devil that you cannot change. Listen, I'm leaving you with great hope. I'm not coming to beat us down. I've got a long ways to go, friend. I have not arrived I am a work in progress. Father, I thank you for great grace today upon this people. God, I love this place with my whole heart. I love this people this morning. Father, I simply tried to do the best I could to do just to preach that which was upon my heart. God help us to raise the standard in our house. Father not being legalistic but I don't give a rip God what somebody wants to call me. I just know this that I'm in love with you and I want to please you Father. I'm not doing it out of some orphan. I am a son that is loved by his father but I want a wholehearted devotion to you God. Paul said it like this I will beat my body, my flesh into subjection to follow hard after him. I am wanting to apprehend that which has apprehended me and so Father today I pray God help us give us an eternal mindset help us to know that every day we've got to love to the fullest every day church love your family love it to the fullest every day, every day keep short accounts husbands don't go to bed mad wives don't go to bed mad make it right every day every day let's live it to the fullest every day preach the gospel reach out to the lost every single day God bless you all we'll see you here on Wednesday night give God a great big God bless you we'll see you here Wednesday night thanks for listening to this message for more exciting content visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media